Welcome to show number 11 of the Online Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Devine. Uh, For online gaming news, as of October 19th, the automated card tracking system over at warhorsesim.com has stated that user-created modules are coming soon. They've also updated their opponent's wanted page to show a last login date so that you can view more active users. Hexwar.com has been updated. Uh, Kasserine, the module, has been updated. Bastoing, Napoleon at War, and the World War II Divisional System all had minor upgrades. Kernick updated uh, their site to add blacklists, where you can blacklist people who don't complete games or drop out of games uh, with regularity. Ludaholic and its parent company, CCG Workshop, both have new Board Game Geek micro badges. If you have the Geek Gold and you play on those sites, you can now add a little badge next to your name. I believe they cost 15 Geek Gold. Brett Spielwelt is adding Die Selun der Erde to their plethora of games. Gold Token is having a guest-only tournament in Nackgammon and Backgammon. The prize is a six-month silver membership. Pente.org has added a ratings graph where you can see your complete history and how you did in all of your Pente games to see if you're getting better, worse, or staying the same. Spiel by Web has released Santiago. It is out of beta and is available for play by everyone. The Vassal Engine has a few updates. GMT's War Galley updated to 2.0. Added six more scenarios from Caesar, COG, and the C3i magazines. Vietnam updated to 3.458. VSQL, G88, both updated with the Mersine Twister dice model. It's a better way of rolling dice. For the People 1.0, this is the new 2006 version released by GMT, has been uploaded to Vassal. And someone is working on the Epic CCG. It's in early beta, and they've posted that if you want to try it out. Wargameroom.com has updated their For the People to 2.2. Uplay.it, or Uplayit is doing some work on wooden ships and iron men to try to get that out the door. And they're also removing static code to make their pages fully dynamic. And that's all the news I have for this two weeks. So, on to the reviews. I'll be reviewing two sites today. Uh, MobbyWeb, which is a play-by-website, and Hexwar, which is a downloadable Uh, program that allows you to play with other players. But before I get to the reviews, I'd like to just take a minute to explain the different types of online gaming sites. 
Um, I've referred to them every once in a while, but I don't think I've ever fully explained them. You've got play-by-web. Play-by-web means that you see the board, you see the players that are in it, um, a lot of the graphics are there for you, and it tells you what actions you're allowed to take, what phase it is, and generally gives you a good idea of where to click, what actions are possible, and you, once you take the action, it shows you that uh, result of the action on the screen. Then when you end your turn, it sends a notification to the next player for them to take their turn, and then they come and take their turn if it's and it continues uh, along those lines. Uh, play by web enforces the rules, um, knows how to score, um, does all of those sorts of things. There are some games that would be it'd be very uh, hard to program play by web, but then there are others that are not that hard. Um, uh, Anything that requires a lot of interaction would not be a very good play-by-web game, such as fierce bidding or something like that. Uh, bidding where everybody gets to bid what they get to bid and that's it, it can work better. And An auction style uh, doesn't necessarily work, though Spiel-by-web has Amon Ray, where there is an auction-type setting for bidding on provinces, and it doesn't work too poorly. So that's the play-by-web, and that's the current model that's gaining prominence. There, uh, Ludaholic just popped up as a play-by-web, Spiel-by-web uh, is renewed, Mobby-web, Ludagora, Boteaju, all of those are play-by-web um, so they're getting a lot of prominence, mainly because people, I think, like to be able to spend a couple minutes, take their turn, click the button, and then worry about it when it comes back to them. I mean, I've played a play-by-web game in 12 hours. Uh, I, th I think that was the longest game, or the shortest, play-by-web. And I've played other ones that have lasted weeks. But it but it doesn't bother me. Um, I, I'm enjoying the games. So instead of blocking off two to three hours to play a game, you you tell yourself, I'll be able to you know, get a minute here, a minute there to take my turn. The second type, which is similar to play-by-web, is play-by-email. Now the major difference between play-by-web and play-by-email is that in play by email there is either a moderator which everybody sends their moves into or you're just sending your move to your opponent and your opponent is sending his move to you now there are web-based interfaces that make this easier to do uh, automated card tracker system from warhorse sim is one of them that it, it it settles the randomness of drawing cards and of uh, rolling dice and essentially just sends those commands back and forth. There is no map board. You do not click on pieces and move them or anything like that. You just send 
a message to your opponent saying, I'm doing this. And then they either have some type of setup where they can uh, track what's going on on the board uh, using a uh, uh, either a graphic of the board using the actual map board from the actual game or perhaps using the game box with a program such as Cyberboard. Uh, when there's a moderator or someone you send your commands to, then they resolve everything in that regard. Oh, the current one I'm playing on is eboardgames.com. Uh, where I'm playing a game of Sopwith and Age of Steam and Railway Rivals. So, and we just send our commands into the controller. He updates the map board on the web page uh, with the different commands and what happened during the turn. And he also creates a little narrative, which is which is exciting. But uh, in that case, it does take a little bit of time. A play-by-email game using the ACTS system uh, goes a little bit faster because you and your opponent are moderating. So uh, sometimes you can take multiple turns a day. On eBoard games, it's about a turn a week, which means that a game such as Age of Steam, which sitting down playing it face-to-face would take maybe two to three hours, is probably going to take somewhere in the neighborhood of about six to eight months to play a game. I I would guess. I mean, it might take three months, but it's a turn a week, and uh, most times the, the, the games last 10, 15 turns. So in that regard, that's, that's where I'm getting the, the six months figure from. The third way to play games online is interactive. Interactive is the closest representation to -to face-to-face. This is where you are blocking off time to play with your opponent. You go online, you you either go into a lobby and find your opponent there, or you you ask them to join you and you connect to them directly through knowing their IP address or whatnot. In this case, your actions are represented in real time to your opponent. Um, Sometimes the rules are enforced. Sometimes it's uh, as free as a play-by-email where your opponent goes, no, 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 you can't do that or whatnot. It depends on the specific program. A lot of online CCGs are done interactive because it's the only way to really explain what's going on and allow interrupt cards to be played uh, that that you know stop you know wait I'm playing a card here that interrupts you perhaps the most prolific uh, site for CCGs is the CCG workshop uh, as they have a lot of card games up there, um, Doom Trooper, Wildstorms, Gridiron, Imagination, Doom Town, Shadow Fist, just a whole plethora up there. There's also, obviously, Magic Online and Lord of the Rings Online, which are, uh, again, interactive. You find your opponent in the lobby, you say, hey, you want to play, the, you want to play, and you play. Um, 
the other big site for German board games that's interactive is Brett Spielwelt. Uh, there you either start a game, create a game, or you check the uh, check the list to see who's waiting for games to start, and you join the game, and you play it. The last one is kind of an amalgam, and uh, the last method, it's similar to um, it actually combines the rest of them, can be done. And that's where you download a program. CCG Workshop is an interactive downloaded program. Uh, Brett Spielwelt has a downloadable client. Hexwar has a download client. Though Hexwar plays more like Spiel by Web. Or, sorry, Play by Web. In German, it means Play by Web. Uh... <laughs> It, uh, it you download it. You take your turn. You click the button. It sends it to your pony. Your pony gets notified that it's time for them to take their turn. But it has a client instead of being played in the browser, which is fine. It all depends on the 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 coding skill of who's writing it and what their preferred method is. Uh, with Hex War. Once they had the model in place and then they had the licensing agreement with Decision Games, there was no reason to change the model of how they were making it work. It runs faster in a downloaded program as opposed to the browser. The only issue is that um, it doesn't work on certain computers. The main drawback to CCG Workshop, Hex War, and some of the other downloaded programs are their Windows only. They don't have a Mac OS version or a Linux version which makes them a little less appealing to certain uh, certain factions. Anyways, I just wanted to explain um, those different terms so that when I bring them up and I say this is a play-by-web site, this is a play-by-email site, or it's an interactive site, you know what I'm talking about. So let's get on with our review of MobbyWeb. Hello, my name is Joe Peterson, and I am the Abstract Gamer. Join me at www.abstractgamer.com for intelligent discussion about abstract games that span the ages. I'll discuss games such as the oldest known game, Senate, the most played board game in the world, Shang-Chi, classic games from the West such as chess, as well as soon-to-be classics such as GIF. If you are interested in learning more about the beauty and wonder of abstract strategy games, surf over to www.abstractgamer.com. This is the Gaming Podcast Network, the best gaming podcast available anywhere. Okay, so I'm reviewing another uh, multiple play-by-web site, and this one is MobbyWeb. MobbyWeb currently has four games that can be played, and they are In the Shadow of the Emperor, which is in beta, but very playable. Samurai, Hansa, and Rishliu. I'm going to just go down the list and talk about the uh, interface. First, uh, the MobbyWeb interface. You go in, you sign up for an account, sends you a confirmation email. You click on that, you can log in, you can join games right away or create games. You can create games that have a maximum number of players if they... Uh, you can start a game when it has the minimum required for the game, 2, 3, 4, or whatnot. 
There are some variants that you can turn on, such as in Hansa, you can have advanced uh, placement of markets, which instead of each player placing their markets one at a time, you place all of them at once, and then it just then everybody kind of goes. It's a simultaneous uh, method. Samurai has the option to deal out tiles randomly when you start, if you want. I'm not sure of the other variants, but you can take a look when you create the game. You can create a password on a game, a title, and a little comment underneath if you want. Usually, like, fast game, please, or something. That's pretty straightforward. I did have a little bit of a problem when I used my Yahoo account to register that I wasn't getting the email, so I had to use a different account. I'm not sure whether it was filtered out by Yahoo or what was going on there, but it worked out. It doesn't take very long for the game to fill up. There are, I think there are some diehards. I'm seeing um, similar names on a lot of... Uh, the games that I've played in, but enough variety so I'm not always playing the same person. However, I wouldn't be surprised if um, some of the people I'm playing with, uh, if you were to go there, you'd also be playing against. It seems to be very popular, and I even noticed certain people from other play-by websites as well on Mobby Web, so it seems like the play-by-web people uh, know know where the sites are, and they go to them all. So let's start with In the Shadow of the Emperor. In the Shadow of the Emperor was put up by Hums and Gluck, and then brought over to the United States by Rio Grande. It was designed by Ralph Burkert. It's a medieval political kind of game. One person is playing the emperor. Other people are electors uh, in dioceses or uh, in in different provinces. You've got aristocrats and bishops and all of those sorts of things. And if they get powerful enough, they can take the emperor's seat and uh, it allows them to do uh, more options, uh, placing this, the, the uh, royal cities and getting points. So, what does the interface look like? Well, when you're in a game, you'll see a quick summary up at the top telling you what round and what phase you're in. Quick check of the colors and who is in the lead with victory points. Then you see the board, which is just like the board looks like if you were playing. It has the money track down the left, the Holy Roman Empire track up at the top, and then it has the three dioceses and the four provinces. There are some nice mouseovers. When you mouse over top of each one, it'll show you a breakdown of the power summary. Mousing over the pieces tells you what they are and their age. Mousing over the privileged spots will tell you what the privileges are for each one of the provinces. And then underneath, if you're past Uh, depending on what phase you're in, if you're in the action phase, you'll see the cards set up, and the cards that you can play will have an outline around them when it's your turn. You can always click on the rival card, as that 
challenges the Emperor and doesn't cost anything. And then there's a little pass. You can hover over the phases. They come below. There's a little game manager where you where it shows your available moves and confirm your moves. And then an electorate summary. And then underneath, it shows the current round. And if you mouse over different phases in the round, it'll show you what happened in the previous round. And then underneath that, it shows the player summary, which shows each player uh, what they did on their last turn, how many aristocrats they have left, knights, cities, money, what cards they have taken, and their victory point score. Finally, there is a little, uh, I guess you could call it the mini forum, or the messaging, or whatnot. Now, one of the things that I like about MobbyWeb is after you confirm your moves, it will ask you whether you want to end your turn, round, whatever, and stay in the game, end your turn, go back to the game manager, or end your turn and go to next, go to the next game where you have a, a move available, which is kind of nice to move quickly through each one of the games. Um, I found that on some of the other systems, Spiel by Web, Ludagora, and Boteajou, that returning back, and Boteajou might have the feature, I just couldn't read the French, I'm not sure. Um, you have to return to the game manager, select the next game, and continue, and, and go from there. In, in that case, usually what I would do is I'd open up the windows, just open up new tabs in Firefox or IE7, so that I'd have all the games open, and then I'd take all of my turns. In MobbyWeb, I don't need to do that. I can have one window open, take my turn, click the button that says go to the next game where I have where I have a turn, and just finish all my moves that way. In some cases, while I'm making my moves, in fact, I'll click that button and go back to a game that I just made a move in, but my opponent came in and also made their move. It's a very nice feature, um, and it's one that I hope other play-by-web sites uh, consider putting into their system. I don't know how hard it was to code, but it's very helpful for the player. And one of the things that I saw Mobby, who's the webmaster and programmer, mention in one of the forum posts is he's first and foremost a player. So he creates each one of the games so that it it's comfortable for him as a player, not necessarily as a developer. And that's probably one of those quality of life things that he put in that is very helpful for a player. So the next game uh, is Samurai. Samurai is a Reiner Knizia design uh, put out by a number of companies. Uh, Rio Grande being the most recent, I believe, though I- I'm not sure if this has been reprinted uh, recently. It-, it probably has. I think it went out of print for a while. Uh, and it's a... It's a relatively simple tile-laying game where you put tiles down to try to capture three different types of items as a set collection game. You're trying to get helmets, rice fields, and Buddhas. And you do this by placing influence tokens next to them. Um, You have wilds, which are your samurai, you have rice field, helmets, and Buddha, 
And then you have some ships that are kind of bonus that can go in the water to influence and other things like that. And once a uh, resource has been closed off, in other words, you can't put any more tiles next to it, um, uh, land tiles, not sea tiles, it's determined who has the most influence on that item, and then they collect it. The person who has the majority uh, scores extra points for having the majority of uh, uh, resource items, so they get more points, and that's uh, essentially the game. You take uh, each turn, you, you you put down a tile. Um, it's pretty straightforward in the interface. You see the map board. Now the map board is different for two players, three players, and four players. The map board gets bigger, which is which simulates the the way the game works. And it's fairly simple to place. You click the tile you want to play, you click the area on the map board, and you click the done button. Um, There are some that have symbols that allow you to play, um, uh, that allow you to play them in addition. Uh, That is also pretty straightforward. The most recently played tiles are outlined on the board, so you know what was played last turn. Uh, for example, I'm looking at this game, and I can see that uh, the yellow player played way off where nobody's paying any attention to him, whereas the blue, green, and red player are all being very contentious uh, in, in a couple areas down on the main island. Uh, someone's going to have to do something about that yellow player up there. He's going to score a lot of points while the rest of us are fighting each other. But, again, you see the map board up top. Uh, Underneath is the little manager, and then the player summary that shows you the tokens. If you mouse over the tokens, you can see which tokens haven't been played by the player, so you know what they have left, which is sometimes useful. And tokens that are discarded... Those are the ones that either you replaced a tile or you swapped a good. So you know what's been put out there by your opponent. So that's Samurai. Can be relatively fast. I played a couple two-player games pretty quickly. Uh, Four-player games last a little bit longer. Next game is Hansa. Hansa is a Michael Schnock game put out by Abacus and then eventually Uberplay. It is a, again, kind of a set collection. Uh, it's a little hard to describe as a simple mechanic. Uh, it is a simple game. Basically move a ship around on the board and pick up goods. And you either sell them if you have more than one of the good, more than one tile of the good, or you drop them to place markets. If you have the most markets in a certain area... When when someone buys a good there, you get the money. Um, otherwise, you have to pay one to the person with the most markets. Or, if it's tied, it goes to the bank. You can drop goods to create markets. Each one of the goods is from one, has one to three barrels. If it has three barrels, you create three markets, uh, provided you have three markets available to be created. There's also a track on the board that is where the new commodities come from. Uh, the interface is fairly simple. Again, quick summary up at the top, which has your colors. 
Um, always a good idea, especially if you're playing a lot of games, to pay close attention to what color are you in this game. Uh, I've had a few games where I've gotten confused because I've been playing too many at once. Then below that is the map board. Uh, the ship is very nicely rendered. Uh, looks just like the ship in the game. Board, very similar. Nice little pieces that are stacked up. Again, if you mouse over the stacks of pieces, it'll tell you whose they are, how many they are. Mouse overs are always nice. And you can see the arrows clearly on the board, and that's the direction the ship can sail. And then there's the track for the new mar market, or the new commodities. When it's your turn, you can mouse over the commodities, click on them to buy them, uh, and you click on cities to move the ship to those cities. It'll only let you go to cities that you actually can go to. All the rest of them won't be highlighted. If at the beginning of your turn you want to restock the markets, you can click on that track easily enough. When you have the option to sell your goods, it'll show right above the map board with check marks next to the items, and you can sell them. If you want to create a market, your the goods you have are shown up above as well as how many markets you have available and you just click on the commodity up there and it'll create markets for you. It also tracks your money up there and you want to keep close attention to that because you can't move when you don't have any money. Then below the map is the again the action confirm game manager thing and then the player summary which shows you the last turn what people did different movements, what they bought, um, if they bought something and had to pay an opponent, shows what, who they paid, and then shows uh, the selling of items and whether or not they had to, uh, when they sold items, whether or not it made other commodities go away. And depending, I think there's an option for hidden scoring or open scoring. Right now we're playing in an open scoring game and I'm getting killed. I didn't sell enough goods this game, not nearly enough. So I'm I'm going to lose most severely. That was the first four-player game I was in, so wasn't paying close enough attention. So that's Hansa. Last one is Richelieu. Richelieu is a card game, also by Michael Schnock, uh, put out by Ravensburger. I don't know if it was ever published in the United States. Not that it needed to be translated, because it pretty much is all symbols. But the interface for Richelieu is not that complicated. It shows the big, big card sets, uh, the rows of cards, and puts all the tokens down for you, and then... It highlights the edges that you can take from. And then below that is the current score. It shows the different shields, how many you have, how many your opponent has. And then it shows you the running total. It doesn't take into account the tokens you might have, might or might not have. But it's a pretty good indication of whether or not you're winning or not. Below that is the available moves and confirm your moves and the game manager thing. And then below that shows you what uh, the kind of the turn summary, how many tokens your opponent has, how many t what tokens you have, how many markers you have left, and what uh, whether you're the king or you're the queen. Uh, on your turn, you click a card that you want to take, and then you choose a marker. Uh, you need to click on your markers, and then you click on where you want to put it on the board. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, novices 
to the game should beware not to use their tokens too quickly, uh, but that's strategy for the game. When you take a card that has an opponent token on it, you need to click on one of your tokens either uh, from the uh, right above the map where you have available tokens that haven't been put on the board or click one on the board. This implementation of Richelieu also uses the variance in the rules that the game ends when three of the four rows are eliminated, not all when all four are eliminated. So that does make a difference depending on how your play style is. I did play one game where somebody rushed to clear three rows before one row even had... Uh, two cards taken off of it. I thought that was kind of interesting, but they managed to uh, win against me quite decisively, so I guess that might not be a bad strategy. And that's uh, that's Mobby Web. Those are the four games I've just run through. It is a very good implementation. Uh, I've played a number of games. Most of the games are very quick, couple days to play the games. I've probably played five or six games of Richelieu, five or six games of Hansa, five games of Samurai, and I'm in the process of playing five games of In the Shadow of the Emperor. Mobby has done a great job of the implementation. The graphics are very good. Um, I'm, I'm actually very impressed um, with the graphics. I know how hard it is to make 3D representations of pieces, and I, I might be asking him in the forums what he used to go about doing that, because I've, I've always had trouble trying to create that for any game that I'm uh, programming online. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'll be talking about Hex War. Hello, this is Kevin Devine from the Online Gaming Podcast. When I need the latest in board gaming news, I turn to BoardGameNews.com. Editor-in-Chief Rick Thornquist and his team of intrepid reporters have all the latest board game news, views, and reviews. So if you need news on the latest in the board gaming world, check out BoardGameNews.com. This podcast is proudly listed on PodcastPickle.com with more features for podcasters and listeners. Truly the best podcasting directory on the internet. Okay, so today's shorter review is on Hex War. Hex War is a well, it's a program that allows you to play a number of war games that have been found in either strategy and tactics or from decision games. So a lot of them appear on Hex War. Hex War started started by two people in the UK. Actually, they might be in Scotland, which is part of the UK, but <laughs> I almost said England. So number of people uh, work on it. Uh, they've been uh, 2002 they entered into a licensing agreement. Uh, as a result, Hexwar has unique rights to convert decision games and SBI titles into PC games to play via the internet. You download a client that's a, a Visual Basic client, so you'll need the runtimes, 
and you take your turn and click done it sends it to your opponent who then takes their turn and back and forth so instead of being play uh, by web it's a program you download that sends the moves back and forth rules are enforced the die rolls are made so you can see how you how you did on your turn they have a number of games available um, I was actually quite impressed by the number of games available however um, as a lot of services are going, they are not completely free. The, uh, the only game that you can play without paying is Napoleon at Waterloo. And there are two scenarios, and it's not a bad game. It's actually quite fun and can get you very used to the system. However, they have a number of other games across the Suez, Antietam, two versions both the classic first edition and third edition, Arnheim, Austerlitz, Bastogne, three scenarios, Battle for the Wilderness, two versions, Battle of Nations, three scenarios, Bloody Ridge, three scenarios, Borodino, four scenarios, Cauldron, Cemetery Hill, two versions, Chattanooga, two versions, Chickamauga, two scenarios and two versions, Chippewa, Crusader, three scenarios. First Bull Run, Kirk's 1942, two scenarios. Marengo, Moscow Campaign, Strike and Counter-Strike, Russia 1941, three scenarios. Sapon, Second Bull Run, Shiloh, two versions. Supercharge, three scenarios. Thames, or Thames, I'm not sure. Turning Point, The Battle for Stalingrad, two scenarios, and Wagram. They're also working on Assault and Stevispool, Bulge, Dresden Napoleonic, Alo Napoleonic, Invasion America, a futuristic monster game, Kazarine, Napoleon's Last Battles, four Napoleonic battles plus a monster campaign game. Now, that's a lot of games, and uh, if you want to play them, uh, they are all available for a monthly fee. Uh, it's twelve ninety-five a month, if paid month to month, if you pay for uh, blocks of time, a three-month subscription, there's a dollar savings per month, a six-month, two-dollar savings, and a year subscription, you save uh, $3 a month. A year subscription is $120. They accept PayPal, Visa, MasterCard, um, and they accept payment in U.S. dollars, U.K. sterling, and euros. The monthly fee is unlimited play, unlimited opponents each month. Napoleon at Waterloo is the only free game that can be played between members and non-members, or non-members and non-members. I generally don't uh, purchase subscriptions to online games. However, if I was a war game player, uh, uh, more of a grognard, and could dedicate more time to the war games... I really don't see that as being that expensive. Um, most people uh, who are heavy game players, uh, computer game players, regularly spend $15 a month to play World of Warcraft or something, um, or their favorite MMO. So paying uh, $10 a month or whatnot to play war games uh, with opponents is not too much of a stretch. The biggest question people have before they start paying is whether or not 
there are enough players for them to play against. They have statistics on how many games are in progress and how many have outstanding challenges. And I'm looking at this right now, and most of the games have outstanding challenges. Uh, many games in progress. Obviously, Napoleon at Waterloo has the most, with 495 outstanding challenges, with 211 games being played. But Arnheim, 113 games being played. Uh, Austerlitz, Battle of Three Empires, which is a Napoleon at War uh, scenario, 144 games. Um, Battle for Stalingrad Campaign, which is part of their World War II Divisional Series, 114 games. Uh, a total of 2,004 games are in progress. 944 are outstanding challenges. And those outstanding challenges, if they're 30 days old, they're not listed here. So this, these aren't challenges that have been around for a really long time. Um, 62 games have been completed in the last 24 hours, and 630 of the games that are in progress have had activity in the last 24 hours. Over 54,000 games have been played on Hex War, so if you're looking for war games and looking for some opponents in that, um, this is the uh, one of the few sites I've seen that'll allow you to play uh, a lot of war games against opponents online. Uh, there is the Vassal Engine, of course, and um, Cyberboard, but this one's the only one I found that enforces the rules a little bit better. Vassal Engine is more of a virtual table. Um, same thing with Cyberboard, again, virtual table. This one really lets you move your pieces, move your units on the board, see the results, send it to your opponent. Uh, it, it's it's set up so that you can find opponents easily. Once you're a subscriber, you're shown on a list to, um, to be issued a challenge. It's a little bit more difficult. Uh, the select opponent, it does it by alphabetical. Um, Unlike Warhorse Sim, uh, the automated card tracking system, there's no, uh, at least I don't see it, but it could be just simply because I don't have uh, a profile set up. I'm not sure if you can set up what games you want to be challenged at. Ah, yes, you can. You can set up what games you'd like to be challenged in, but I don't know if there's a way to search for people looking for a specific game. Um mainly because, uh, as I said, I'm, I did, haven't subscribed to it, so I'm not as sure in that regard. But if, you, if you're a diehard, uh, you like the little cardboard chit games, and I know there are a lot of you out there, and there's nothing wrong with that. War games are quite enjoyable. I'd say go on HexWar.com, download their client, play a couple people at Napoleon at Waterloo. You may have to challenge a number of people um, to get somebody to accept a challenge for Napoleon at Waterloo, um, mainly because there's, there are a lot of non-members and a lot of them are probably not active. It took me almost a week to actually realize I had been challenged because I wasn't checking it, and I glossed over the email I got. 
but the client is available for uh, Windows and Apple Mac OS X. All of the Napoleonic games have 100% support for Mac OS X. The other versions are available on request, so uh, there are a number uh, you can you can play if you have an a, a Mac or if you have a PC. I don't know if they have a Linux version. I haven't seen that, so I, I don't think they have that yet. But eh, hey, a Wine will probably work. It's a VB6. It doesn't take a lot of uh, it doesn't take a lot of graphics or anything like that. When you download the program, you'll have to download each one of the scenarios you want to run. Um, each one of those takes uh, a little bit of time, but it works pretty well. Um, I had really no problem after I set up uh, using the full download from their website, getting it to work, and and getting into a game. So, again, if you're looking for uh, a great way to play war games online, um, if you've had difficulty trying to set up the Vassal Engine or Cyberboard or getting that to work or... Uh, I'd say give Hex War a try. Like I said, they have uh, they have the exclusive rights to Decision Games. So if there's some Decision Games out there that you've always wanted to play and never had the chance, uh, here's a chance to instead of dropping fifty, sixty dollars on the actual game, to pay uh, you know ten dollars a month with the annual subscription. Um, and test out all kinds of decision games and go, hey, I really like that. Maybe you go out and buy the actual game uh, to play with face-to-face with friends, but there's nothing wrong with you know playing some games online to see if you're going to like them uh, without dropping a lot of cash. As, as I like to say uh, with all the games I review, getting a taste of the game before you actually go out and buy it really helps you prevent you from playing or buying a game that you don't really like. With some of these war games costing $50, $60, rightfully so. I have no problem with how much they cost. But if I play, if I buy the game and find out uh, this isn't a game for me, I don't like this particular game, I, I can't get my money back. I've punched it or whatever, and maybe I can put it on eBay, but <laughs> I'm I'm not going to get my money back whereas if I drop $12, $10, $13, whatever it is on Hex War, play a couple of these games and go, "Oh, I really like this World War II Bloody Ridge thing. I'll go over to Decision Games and I'll go buy that or I'll buy it next time I go to a convention or something." I may not find as many face-to-face opponents, but Having that game in my library and going, well, that's a fun game. Let's let's play that game uh, when the chance arrives is is better than having a shelf full of games that someone says, hey, we want to play this, and I, I don't really like that game. If you don't like the games, there's there's no reason to actually have them. Hex War is a great place to go. Decision games, all of those that they've got, uh, well worth the money as far as I can see. It may be a little expensive to some people. I know a couple of the other sites out there, Game Table Online and Ludaholic. Uh, right now, Ludaholic uh, doesn't charge, but both are looking at a $5 a month charge. Seems to be uh, out there, and this one seems to be expensive at, like I said, $10 a month for an annual subscription. But they have a lot more games available. Um, 
I mean, if you look at it, I, re- I read the list, and what was that, 20 games? That's uh, that's quite a few in multiple scenarios, and they already have a very large community. So if you're a war gamer, hexwar.com. Okay, uh, and that's the end of our show, so we'll see you next week. Remember, if you have any comments to me, I know it says it in the in the outro, but uh, send me an email at kdivine at yahoo.com. I haven't gotten much in the way of feedback. I wanted to add a feedback segment to the show, but I really haven't had anybody give me any feedback. So if you want to have any, if you want to give me any comments, let me know. We hope you enjoyed today's online gaming podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please go to onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com or email kdivine at yahoo.com.